Welcome to Disciple Her, a part of the Replicate Podcast Network, where we will hear from discipleship trailblazers, Candy Gallaty and Julie Woodruff. With over 50 years of combined experience in discipling women, we'll discuss how we can equip leaders through discipleship. Here are your hosts, Candy and Julie. Hello and welcome to another episode of Disciple Her Podcast. Candy, how are you doing today? So far, so good. Jules, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing well and hope that you all who are listening are doing well today. We've been going through just a lot in our own personal lives, Candy, and in the life of our church. We've shared some of that, and I think all of us long for revival, to experience revival, to see revival. And the one thing that I think God has been teaching me is, and I've known this, but I just have been reminded that revival starts right here in my own heart. That's right. Yeah. And that that then it begins to swell over. But there's there are a lot of things that um, that go along with it. And, and this question for me has been a question for years that I've asked myself. If the Holy Spirit was taken out of my church, what programs or ministries would just keep right on going? Hmm. That is a question that is convicting. Yes. A, because here's the deal, and I think for leaders out there who are listening, that we all are very good at making the thing happen. We know. Mm-hmm. We know the words to use. We know we can get a crowd going, all of those things. But how often do we pause long enough to say, Holy Spirit, if you don't move, you mm-hmm. know, or like Moses said, God, if you if you don't go with us, we're not going. Right. And I, I think so often we try to think of ways to get a crowd or we try to, to, to get people. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing because I do think there's strategy and those kinds of things involved. But if we miss out on the most important thing, and that is seeking the Lord in that process, mm-hmm. and I'm guilty. I've done it many, many times. And I can tell you, I know the difference between when I seek you know, the Lord and when I don't. So I think today, um, as we talk together that that we just want to talk about some things maybe that prohibit yeah. the spirit from working um because we can all get so good at doing the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's so true. And you know, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking as you're talking and just thinking about how many times we go into meetings or planning sessions or event preps, whatever that may be going on at our churches um, and amongst our staffs or, or whatever. And we open in prayer. Right. And then we spend the majority of the time planning or preparing or, or whatever, brainstorming, tossing around ideas, which are great things. And then we'll close in prayer. But it's kind of that mindset of changing to really truly spending more of the time in prayer yeah. than we are in the planning of whatever it is. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And and I think that now and some people may do that already, but I think that is something that the Lord has really been showing us, you know, mm-hmm. um, personally and then our church at large. Mm-hmm. Just how much were we depending on the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Or how much were we depending upon just our own selves or creativity or whatever? And I think, you know, the Lord gives us gifts and talents and creativeness and the ability to to pull off these things. Mm-hmm. So those things do come from him. But 
are we truly depending on his spirit to just enliven all of that? Do you know what I mean? And draw people to himself. And so I feel like it's just that the switch of instead of praying at the end or at the beginning and asking the Lord to bless all these plans, to really just spend more time in prayer to him first Mm -hmm. and then, you know, proceeding with whatever it is that we're doing, you know, just kind of making that switch, I think has, it would be very good. Very helpful, I think, to a lot of us. Yeah, and I think sometimes we get so um, private about our spiritual walk that we think that that confession, you know, has to be just something that we do. And yes, we have to do it privately, but also public confession is important, you know, to just um, confess pride and to confess arrogance and um, to humble ourselves before the Lord is, Mm -hmm. you know, how important that is. Yeah, absolutely. And that, you know, the very first sermon I ever heard Robbie preach, which was actually the night we met, uh, it was called Recipe for Revival, and it was Second Chronicles seven fourteen. You know, mm. my people who are called by my name will humble themselves yeah. and pray and turn from their sin. Um, you know, I would, face, yeah. yeah, and see my face. I would heal, forgive their sin, and heal the land. Mm-hmm. And so, and I remember he he had some analogy. I can't, it's hard to think back because it was so long ago. But and it was like about some man who would went to his house and he drew a circle around himself with mm-hmm. chalk or something, and he said. Lord, revive what's in the circle. Yeah, and then after that happens, you know, it, you go elsewhere. So it's it's all about that personal, right? You know, it's a it's humbling ourselves. Yeah, you know, um, turning from our wicked ways, seeking His face. You know, and He will be the one that will heal and forgive and restore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, again, just something that the Lord has been showing all of us, and as a leader, the importance of being humble and praying to the Lord and truly confessing sin, you know, and when we can't think of those things off the top of our head, maybe some of the sins are not as obvious Mm -hmm. is praying and asking him to reveal that to us. Yes. You know, the, the intentional and the unintentional sins of our lives Mm that are taking place and we really truly as leaders especially need to come before the Lord and be humble about that and asking him to forgive us and repenting from that. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of times do we truly understand what repentance is? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because repentance isn't confession, right? I mean, repentance is turning. It's turning from that sin and it is seeing that sin the same way that God does. Yes. It's a complete change of mind. Mm -hmm. And so I think it takes a while sometimes for that to sink in. It's not, we think, okay, let me just confess and ask for forgiveness and move on. Yeah. But true repentance is beginning to see that thing, that sin, the same way that God sees that sin. And I think when that truly happens, that's when we truly begin to have freedom from whatever that is. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. We were talking the other night in our life group. Um, I'm trying to find it in the scriptures right here. So here we go. Uh, About the fruit of the Spirit. And, And we were looking at Galatians. And, you know, he gives the list there about the deeds of the flesh. And he said that. The works of the flesh are obvious, mm-hmm. and he calls it out, sexual immorality and moral impurity and promiscuity and idolatry and sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, mm. outbursts of anger, mm. selfish ambitions, dissensions, mm. factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar 
I am warning you about these things, he said. Mm. Um, and and I just, you know, as you walk through each one of those things, that's pretty convicting. Because mm-hmm. you may be doing okay at the first of the <laughs> yeah, list, yeah. and then you go, oh, whoa, 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 like whoa, Like selfish whoa. ambition, bam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jealousy. Right. You know, dissensions. And I think... And, the, and, and then he comes back with, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And so you just begin to even think in the body of Christ how God calls us to unity. But we must confess mm-hmm. those sins, those things of the flesh that yes. keep us mm. from unity. That's right. So good. Because we can't do it. Yeah. In the flesh. Right. You know, there's no unity that comes in the flesh. Right. It only comes through the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells in us, mm-hmm. who allows us to have then and produce the fruit of the Spirit. But that comes with repentance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Matter of fact, there's a passage in um, Acts chapter 3, verse 19, that says this, Therefore, repent and turn back. That's what you were talking about just mm-hmm. a minute ago. It's not just confessing, right? but repentance means turning around. So repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out out Mm. and so that seasons of refreshing might come yes praise god yes praise (laughs) god because here's the deal sometimes Mm. we wonder why we're so worn out yes Mm. and could it be that we haven't confessed our sin and we've not turned repented from it and so Others may not see it, but we, God knows it, mm-hmm. A, and we know it, B. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and it's not until we let go of yes. that uh, weight. And sometimes, I recently, there was something in my own life that I had to confess, and it was like once it happened, it was a weight lifted off of me that I really didn't even know I was carrying because sure. I had just gotten used to carrying it. Right. You know what I mean? Mm. So as God points those areas out to us, he does it laser focused. Mm-hmm. You know, if we pause long enough to so stop good. and think about it. Yeah. I think about how, so like when you discipline your kids, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how often I have fallen into this category of disciplining them, but not going the extra step that I need to go to fully have them understand why. Mm -hmm. So for instance, you know, if they're, you know, treating each other bad or whatever, and I say, don't do that. Well, why? Because I said, just don't do it. You know, instead of saying, because the Bible says, Mm -hmm. you know, we're supposed to treat others like we want to be treated or the Bible says, you know, and it's like taking that that correction a step further into telling them what the truth is in the Bible. And that's kind of, I think, how we sometimes look at confession and repentance. It's like we confess, but yet it needs to be taken a step further in a way Mm -hmm. where we truly begin to see that that thing is against God's truth and it's against his authority and it's against what he has called for us to do. And so it's just kind of looking at it um, because we can be corrected and we can stop doing something that is wrong. Mm -hmm. But if we don't realize that the wrong is sin and we don't realize how God sees that, I don't think we will experience lasting change or victory over whatever that is. And so another verse that I was looking at the other day or to this morning was Matthew 3, 8, which says to produce fruit consistent with repentance. Mm. And um, another translation says bearing fruit with keeping with repentance. Wow, break that down a little. I know. So it's like, you know, and obviously I'm not studying the whole context of this passage, but just on the surface of what it says, if we're going to be consistent in having fruit, that is repentance has to be a regular part of our life. And I think it's obviously easy 
for us to just kind of get caught up in the routines and all of these things of life. But slowing down a bit, which is what we're learning, and saying, okay, sit with the Lord and mm-hmm. ask him to reveal, like, what are the areas in my life that I need to um, confess, mm-hmm. to see how you see them, repent from them, turn from them, and, you know, just have my pure fellowship restored to the Lord. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, we're going to take a break, I think, for just a second, and we're going to be right back. As you lead your disciple-making movement, the Replicate Network provides ongoing practical training and a community of like-minded church leaders to help you and your church thrive. Each month, you'll get frameworks, a Q&A time with Robbie Gallaty, and access to our online forums and groups. We will provide you with prayer and personal support, practical resources, discounts, and benefits as you seek to make disciples who make disciple-makers. Check out the Replicate Network today at replicatenetwork.com. So we're back, and Candy, I've got a question that was posed just yesterday, actually, to mm-hmm. us, which was so convicting that I, I, I want to share it, and it was this. If revival in our church depended on my prayers, my faith, and my obedience, would we be experiencing revival? So to our listeners, I ask you that. If your church depended on your prayers, your faith, and your obedience, would we be experiencing revival? That's a convicting question. So convicting. And, you know, I remember I wrote that down because I was just like, oh, my word. It's like a punch in the gut. You know, you're like, you know, I'm thinking, geez, Louise, like if revival depended on me and my prayers. Mm hmm my faith, my obedience, would we be experiencing it? Mm-hmm. You know, and my my answer right now would be no. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, forgive me, Lord, but no. Um, and I just think, and, and like if we take it a step further, if revival in our country mm. depended on my prayers, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. My faith, my obedience, you know what I mean? Like sometimes I can't obey in the smallest right. thing, yeah. you know? And it, it's really a... A question to ponder and just think mm-hmm. about our own hearts and our own lives. You know, like how am I? Where am I measuring mm-hmm. up to these? You know, how is my prayer life? How is my faith? Am I walking by faith? Am I living in fear? Like, what am I doing? Am yeah. I? You know, and Robbie talks all the time about obedience, and I was reading this the other day. But when it came with to Abraham and Isaac, you know, when God calls him to sacrifice Isaac. And he has to um, get up, saddle the donkey, cut the wood, gather his guys to go with him. They make the long trek there. You know, Um, he binds, you know, Isaac and lays the wood on the altar. And he goes through all these steps of obedience. Mm -hmm. And so it's the it's obedience is not just something we can just think in our mind. It's something we actually have to do. Oh, yeah. We have to do, there are actions that follow or that lead us to obedience. Mm -hmm. And Mm so I'm thinking, man, if I can't even obey in the smallest thing, you know, it's just really a gut check of of thinking of our own life and, and man, Lord, do we need to get some priorities straight? Yeah. Yeah, as I as I think about that whole thing about prayer, um, uh, just yesterday as a staff we were praying and 
Robbie was in my group, and he said this, and I just thought, yes, Lord. He said, Lord, we pray in our community that there would be a time where there that policemen could come to church because there's no crime going on. You know, oh, that there, wow. yeah. I mean, just think about the things that if we really got serious about praying for um, and, and praying not only for our church, but for our community and, uh, you know, uh, God, what would you do yes. if, if we got serious about it? And here's the thing that I've learned. Um, if you, if we want to see a movement of God, that prayer precedes the movement. Amen. You know, we, we've been praying for a year and a half or two years now, just God, we want to see revival. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, it, it doesn't happen instantaneously, you know, That's right. it, it comes with just being on our face before God. And sometimes you think, okay, well, he's not hearing us. Mm. <laughs> we want it, but he's not hearing us. And, um, I've got a friend right now who's going through cancer. And, and the other day I was just crying out to the Lord on her behalf and saying, mm. Lord, I really do believe that you can heal her. I know mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. but sometimes because it's so long and praying and you see them suffering and you just think, Okay, well, I'm almost giving up on my prayer. Yeah. And then God reminds me, no, you keep having faith. You mm-hmm. keep believing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to heal her, you know. Yes. And and I want to have that kind of faith. You know, the dad in Mark 9 that said, I believe, but help, help my, my unbelief. unbelief. Yes. Yeah. And I would, if I was a betting woman, I'd venture to say that there are probably those listening who are at the point of going, you know, and I've prayed for so long yes. about this that I just don't know, you know, that God, and, and giving up hope maybe mm-hmm. even that God would answer, um, but yet if we're persistent, yes. if we're persistent in that prayer, that God hears our prayer. And and the thing about prayer is not so much about our prayer, but it's leaning into the Lord. Yes. He wants us to know more about Him, and mm-hmm. in our leaning into Him, we learn more about who He is, and that's the goal, I think, Candy. It's mm-hmm. not our prayers, but it's just learning to depend upon the Lord. He said in John 15, if you abide in me and yes. I abide in you, yes. you know, we have to abide yes. and remain in him Amen. so that he can produce that fruit. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I would say if you're out there and you're you're listening um, and you're thinking, OK, well, how do we begin to experience some of this or what it, what are some steps that we can take at this point? My and our encouragement to you would be. You know, if you're if you lead women's ministry, you know, and you have a team of people that help you, you know, meet once a week for prayer, mm-hmm. you know, um, spend more time in prayer than you do in the actual planning of yes. some of the events that you may be hosting or, or trying to put on for people. And if you're if you're a, a pastor's wife or a minister's wife or a staff wife, you know, gather gather some ladies together once a week, you know, mm-hmm. and have prayer at a certain time. If you can't do it in person, you know, call each other on the phone mm-hmm. every week at a certain time. But start to implement some of these times of focused intentional prayer on behalf of whatever that is that you are trying to do. You know, and you know, I'm thinking about your student ministry, you know, if you can gather parents before your student um ministry at nights or whatever, however you're ministering to your students right now, if you could gather some parents and have prayer, you mm-hmm. know, and just having everything that we are striving for, have prayer precede that. Mm-hmm. Prayer goes before that. And so 
that may be something that y'all haven't done at this point. Maybe you have and it's been sporadic. Maybe you've y'all have lost touch with it for a little while, but there's no time like the present to, you know, reevaluate that and start really seeking to be women of prayer um, at, at your churches in whatever way the Lord has given you that influence, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just watch and see, you know, what the Lord does and mm-hmm. truly depend on him. Um, I just think that we would see, you know, the Holy Spirit moving mm-hmm. in a mighty way. Yeah. And just know we are praying for you as leaders, knowing that um, the Lord has has called you. He has equipped mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. and want to encourage you today to know that that he sees you right where you are. So wherever you're struggling, whatever you're going through, be encouraged today that you're being prayed for. Amen. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see y'all back in a couple weeks. That's right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode. Take a second to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive free resources to help you make disciples in your group, home, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.